Do, do, do. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of human civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and I'm pretty sure there's never been a finer day in your life. But if you'd like to take this up to the levels that nobody could possibly imagine were possible, then all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, chalice, or stein, a canteen, jug, a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine of the day. The thing makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip. It happens now. Go. That's some good stuff. Well, it looks like the war is on. All the big chess pieces being taken off the, the board before the election. We'll talk about all that, but... Uh, the most important story of the day is that uh, Representative Lauren Boebert, some call her Boebert, I don't know why, but uh, she and her date were ejected from a play because they were getting, well, apparently they had a number of uh, <laughs> offenses. <laughs> uh, she was allegedly vaping, which she says she doesn't remember. Uh, but it's on, I guess it's on video, so now she remembers. And maybe she was singing and putting her hands in the air and causing a disturbance. But, of course, we get to see the videotape of her, uh, she and her date getting very handsy with each other. Very handsy. Did I mention very handsy? Like, really, really handsy. Um, but I don't think anybody noticed that because they were kind of... You know, at least a little bit discreet about that. Did anybody have the same uh, same response I did when looking at the video? I may have watched more than once. I may have said to myself, "Ah, oh, <laughs> that looks like fun." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if somebody was trying to make her look less appealing to voters, it didn't work on me. <laughs> uh, all, all I thought to myself was, oh. <laughs> she looks like fun. <laughs> I, I didn't have a single negative thought. You know, the, the vaping and the making noise during the, th- during the show, I didn't like that, but I don't even know if that part's true. But no, I don't care that she got handsy with her date. Uh, by the way, she looks great for a grandmother. I, I'm old enough to remember that these stories were never about grandmothers before. <laughs> She's a grandmother. Well, there's another grandmother in the story, Christy Nome. <laughs> so the, the yeah, the gilfs. <laughs> All the news is about gilfs today. <laughs> if you don't know what a gilf is. Well, congratulations. <laughs> if you don't know what a gilf is, don't ask and keep your innocence. Just, just, just say that you're in a perfect place. Those of you who do know what a gilf is, well, you've got some explaining to do. <laughs> but those of you who don't know, don't look it up and don't ask. That's all I'm saying. Don't look it up. Don't ask. You're doing everything right. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change. All right. I can see on the Locals platform there's a lot of love for the gilfs. 
All right. Uh, well, the most important thing is that uh, somebody at Rice University figured out how to make hydrogen from plastic waste in some potentially economical way, they say. I feel like we're going to make fuel out of everything. Like somebody's going to make, make fuel out of CO2. Somebody else is making fuel from plastic waste. I feel like we're going to find a way to like turn literally everything into either fuel or 3D printing. Is there any reason we can't take all this waste plastic and turn it into 3D printing? Just like sh- shove it in your 3D printer and have it you know, melt it and reuse it? I feel like that's the obvious thing to use to do. Yeah, well, it's all different kinds of plastic, so it's probably hard. Well, uh, so not to be outdone... Uh, <laughs> so President Biden uh, decided he was going to you know, borrow a play from Trump and he was going to come up with an insulting nickname for Trump that would really be like, Ugh, you know, like the kill shot, like really take him down. Because he's seen Trump do it. You know, Trump has taken out opponents with just one good nickname, takes him right off the board, yeah. Um, so uh, Biden wanted to do that, and he came up with a uh, nickname for Trump. He's going to call him uh, Donald Hoover Trump. Donald Hoover Trump. Um, I've got a little, uh, I don't like to usually give advice to Joe Biden, but I'm going to make an exception. If you're trying to win the youth vote, some would call it the TikTok vote. Uh, Hoover references, so close. I mean, it's a near miss. It's a near miss. But you didn't quite hit the demographic you were going for there. Uh, what percentage of the American public even knows Hoover was once a president? <laughs> much, much less that there was job loss during Hoover's administration. of the country even knows that Hoover was once a president and, you know, that there was job loss. And, and of course, it's a ridiculous comparison because the job loss under Trump was pandemic-related and the job growth under Biden was the end of the pandemic-related. So, I mean, it's just so, so thoroughly... It's not even corrupt. It's like Biden is making the stupidest argument that he did a good job on jobs. It's the stupidest argument anybody ever made. Oh, well, he lost jobs during the pandemic. Yeah. And after the pandemic, some jobs came back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the best he has. Think about the fact that the Democrats have to live with the concept that Biden is their best uh, champion. Did you ever watch that movie, Troy? I think it was called Troy, where uh, Brad Pitt plays this you know, great warrior guy, and he has to fight the other great warrior from the other team. And you know, he goes out, Achilles. Was he Achilles? Yeah, he played Achilles. 
So he was their best warrior. So in one scene, he plays the best warrior from the other side, and you know, one-on-one, he beats him. I feel like the Democrats did not watch that movie because you're supposed to pick your best warrior. You pick your Brad Pitt. You send your Brad Pitt into battle. See, then you have a chance. You don't want to pick your most infirmed, brain-dead guy. Send him into battle. But that's what they're doing. They literally picked the worst guy in the entire Democratic Party. The worst one. The biggest liar, the least smart one, and the most dishonest. I don't think they could have done a better job of picking a worse person. Well, Fetterman. But Fetterman is actually smart when his brain is working. (laughs) That's sort of different. All right. So, uh, as you know, uh, President Trump said that uh, on Friday, he said he would appoint a task force to review the cases of people he says were unjustly prosecuted by the weaponized Biden administration. So he says that the minute he wins the election, he's going to appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who's been unjustly prosecuted by the Biden administration. Um, And he's going to sign their pardons and commutations on day one. Well, is that kind of perfect? So do you see him uh, making you think past the sale? So the sale is, hey... Is Biden using the, the government as a, um, a political weapon? So that's the question. Is he doing that? And, and Trump is making you think all the way past that to setting up the committee to fix it and to, to address the injustices of the weaponized government. That's perfect. That is perfect persuasion. It's just perfect. There's not, there's not a single thing you can say is wrong with that. That is perfect. Do you know it's not perfect? Donald Hoover Trump. Yeah, not perfect. That's less than perfect. Yeah, but the commission to uh, overturn all the uh, weaponized prosecutions, that's perfect. That is perfect. All right. What else is going on? Um, Have you heard that... uh, Christy Noem is accused of having a uh, long-term affair with Corey Lewandowski, famous uh, Trump advisor. Now, yeah, yeah, that's the big news today. That's, that's the big news. Um, so here's the question. Is this a twofer? <clears throat> is there somebody who wanted both of these people taken off the board? Because Christy Noem was one of the uh, people who was often spoken of as, as a VP pick and part of the, uh, for Trump. And the, apparently the story says that Corey, who was allegedly having an affair with her, um, that he was pushing Trump to nominate her as vice president. Now, I'm going to say Corey Lewandowski... I'm a little bit impressed. I'm a little bit impressed. 
Corey Lewandowski created a situation where he was very close to being able to fuck the President of the United States. And all I got to say is, I mean, let me connect the dots. If Corey Lewandowski had succeeded in convincing Trump to pick Christy Nome, who it turns out they had some relationship with, if she had waited the four years of Trump's presidency and then, let's say, did a good job and became the obvious choice to run for the office next, he could actually have a he could actually be married to the president. And would presumably have a lot of influence over her opinions, as couples do. So Corey Lewandowski actually had a play to to run the country. <laughs> like he was actually he was kind of this close to taking over America with his penis. With his penis. One man almost conquered the United States with a penis. And I'm not even joking. That actually happened. Now, it looks like it's not going to happen. But that is a hell of a try, Corey Lewandowski. I've never seen a penis used in a way more effectively. Have you? Now, look at the way... Let's just compare. Let's just compare. Um, the, the data that Lauren Boebert brought to the play... His, his penis was involved in that story. I guess she was allegedly groping his penis. Now, that was a, that's a poor use of a penis. Are you following me? Yeah, that's a poor use. Now, it was fun at the time, but there's no long-term benefit to that penis use. Now, some people will use their penis to have children. That's a good use. That's nice long-term planning. But Corey Lewandowski was using his cock to run the to almost run America, you know, through his wife if she had been elected, if they'd got married, if she became president. So I'm just impressed. Best use of a penis in uh, in a long time. Um, I don't care if Christy Nome had an affair, and that uh, you know I, I'm at the point where I just assume everybody is. <laughs> I just assume everybody is. Yeah. If you see somebody who looks uh, sensationally attractive and they've been married for 30 years and they're also out there all the time, you know, they're traveling and they're seeing the world, it's, it's a lot to expect that they're not having an affair. In the real world, it's almost a guarantee. So, but thank goodness this is the only two stories in the news about people acting according to other people, sexually inappropriately. Oh, except there's a story about Russell Brand. Russell Brand is in the news. Um, But if I said enough about Christy Noem and Corey Lewandowski, there is a uh, political implication to this. Who's next in line as a VP for Trump if Christy Noem is off the list? Go. You tell me who would be next on the list. I'm seeing Carrie Lake. I'm seeing Vivek, who says he's not running for VP. I'm seeing Tim Scott. I'm seeing uh, (coughs) Sanders. No, it won't be RFK Jr. All right, so here's my take. It won't be Carrie Lake because she's Carrie Lake. 
<laughs> I don't think she's strong enough. I don't, I don't think she gives Trump enough. Carrie Lake would look like a uh, politically correct pick. Carrie Lake would look like she was picked because she was a woman. And she, would, she was not a winner. She's not a winner. So if she had won an election and then did a good job, she might be a candidate. But at the moment, she's kind of somebody who lost. And I don't think she's exactly the personality that Trump needs. Yeah, she's not exactly the right personality. Because she's kind of... She's got a tough personality that I think would be great for running for president. If you asked me, would she make a good president? Maybe. She, she has a very leadershipy, you know, kind of vibe to her. But as a vice president to someone who is also a strong personality, mm, I don't know. Just, there, there's something about the chemistry that doesn't feel right to me. So it's just a feeling. I just don't think they would have... It's just my guess, because obviously I don't know um, Carrie Lake in person. I wouldn't know what she's like in person. But I just don't feel like it's the right fit. They're, they're both a little too bold in, in sort of too similar of a way. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about some others. Tulsi. Tulsi's got uh, lovers and haters, so she's a little uh, polarizing. Who Pick somebody who the Republicans would love and would be act like a sword when Trump gets elected. Who would be the biggest sword? The person who would go hardest at the weaponized government. I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene has the support. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders... Mm. She would have to be considered. I would say she's in the mix. Because, in my opinion, Sarah Huckabee Sanders would not look like a stunt hire. So to me, she would look like she's a serious candidate and was hired for her qualifications. Would you agree? I don't think anybody would say that Sarah Huckabee Sanders would be picked, if she were picked... I, she would be obviously just qualified. She would be a good pick. Um, how about uh, DeSantis? I'm going to say no. And Vivek says he's not running for VP. Youngkin. Youngkin's interesting, but I think he might hold out for president. I don't know if he'd want to serve as vice president. It'd be hard to go from governor to vice president, wouldn't it? Because governor's kind of the, you know, sort of a top. And then your vice president sort of a bottom, it's sort of a it's sort of a hard, hard road. Does that happen a lot? How often have we seen governors be VPs? Historically, does it? Oh, Pence. Wait, was Pence acting governor when he ran, or was he once a governor? He was once a governor. He wasn't acting governor, right? He was. All right, well, okay, I, I guess I don't... Oh, he was acting governor. Huh. Okay. All right, what do you think of uh, Matt Gates? What do you think of Matt Gates as a VP pick for Trump? All right, I'm just looking at your comments here. 
Too polarizing? Somebody said too boring. He's too boring. He's definitely not boring. All right, here's what I think. I think that the best VP pick for Trump would be somebody who is unambiguously pro-Trump and always has been. So that eliminates anybody who's ever been a Democrat, I think. Um, I think he would not do stunt casting, like pick a, a black person just to pick a black person. That doesn't feel like his, his vibe. I think he would pick whoever he thought would you know, work the best. I don't know. I think Matt Gates has to be in the top three. And the reason is that he would go the hardest on the system. So Matt Gates is already proving that he can go the hardest even on other Republicans. You know, he's going after McCarthy. Watching, watching uh, Gates go after McCarthy and going after everything, really, suggests he's the pit bull that somebody like Trump is going to need. Because if Trump gets elected, he's going to have to clean house, and it's going to have to be vicious. I mean, he's going to have to fire just about everybody. And uh, so you need somebody who's, who's on board for that and who could handle it. But the, one of the reasons I like Vivek, you know, should he not prevail as, as the candidate, the reason I would like to see him as a VP is that um, nobody, nobody would think that that's just a resting spot. I mean, he would be like an active VP because you wouldn't waste that much talent. So I always liked Al Gore as the active partner of Bill Clinton because they were you know, roughly similar capabilities and it really, it really thought you got two for one in that case. And so you'd need somebody like a Vivek or a Matt Gates to add that like super high communication skill with young enough and tough enough and aggressive enough that you think they could go like tear something apart. Cause you know, you could imagine putting somebody like a Vivek or somebody like a Matt Gates in charge of border security. You saw what happened when Kamala was in charge of border security. Nothing. <laughs> Right, but imagine if you put either a Vivek or a Matt Gates, something would happen. I mean, it wouldn't be nothing. Probably something would happen. So uh, I'll say again that Vivek is running for president, not vice president, and I still endorse him. Uh, But Trump's a big old Moby Dick in the way, and uh, if things go the way the polling say. Um, I suspect Vivek would not want the VP job because he sounds like he really means it. Um, of course, people always will say that, but he sounds like he means it. And there wouldn't be that many choices because being Trump's VP is sort of an all-in job. Let me say it this way. It, being Trump's VP would be all-in because you would have to fight your way to the presidency <laughs> You know, through all kinds of trouble. So I mean, it's the most uh, it's the most risky job in the world is to be his VP. Didn't work out for Pence too well. Yeah, I don't think Tim Scott. Tim Scott seems too gentle. 
Yeah, I, I'm seeing the, the suggestion that he would be a good balance for Trump because Trump is kind of scary, but Tim Scott would, you know, he's, he's more of a teddy bear. But I think that's why he would not be the right choice. I feel like Trump would pick somebody young and somebody who is just a sword. I, I think he's going to pick somebody who's just a weapon. That's what I think. That feels more in his... Larry Elder's... Um, how old is Larry Elder? I just don't know that the VP should be above a certain age. Yeah, I wouldn't go beyond the 60s for a VP. And I'd want young 60s as the cutoff, probably. Because you want somebody who can do 12 years, right? You want, you want somebody who can do Trump's four years plus eight of their own in a perfect world, if you're a Republican. Yeah. All right. Um, so Russell Brand uh, has announced that there's some big hit pieces coming to him. He doesn't. He's not specific about what he's going to be accused of, but he's seen the list and he says there are some crimes on there, and probably in the Me Too realm. We're guessing that would be the obvious guess. But he says yes, he was a womanizer, but absolutely did nothing illegal. Blah, blah, blah. Now, does it seem to you a big old coincidence that Russell Brand would be taken off the board if that's what's going to happen? Does, or does it feel like we're in the season, as I've been telling you for a while, where everybody who's effective is being, is being removed? What do Russell Brand, Tucker Carlson... Christy Nome, Corey Lewandowski, RFK Jr., we'll talk about him, and me have in common. What do all of us have in common? There's something very specific we have in common, besides being canceled. The, the biggest thing we have in common is that we're good communicators with a certain point of view. The, the most effective communicators are being taken off the board. It seems pretty direct. It feels like a war. You know, it feels like Ukraine versus Russia, where the Ukrainians aren't just targeting like just masses of troops. They're looking for choke points. You know, they're looking to attack you know, like a, a weapons depot or a, or a bridge. You know, they get all the choke points. And it feels like the, uh, you know, anybody who might someday support a Republican is being targeted to take off the board. But it looks like they're doing it in the order of the most, let's say, the clearest communicators. That's what it looks like. Yes, um, anyway. Um, so... I would say that the odds of the accusations against Russell Brand being true are not that high. Probably not that high. There's going to be context missing and everything else. But we'll see. We don't want to, we don't want to, uh, don't want to discount any serious accusations. Don't want to, I don't want to say that any accuser is lying. But if you were just to look at the situation from, you know, 30,000 feet, 
in the political season, it's a really big coincidence that somebody like Russell Brand is, is a target. And it seems organized. It's coming from two different outlets. It looks like you know he's clearly just being targeted. And uh, just keep an eye on this. I would say that under the situation that he's a, a person to target, I wouldn't necessarily trust the accusations. Yeah. All right, uh, RFK Jr. was at an event in which uh, a heavily armed man who was posing as uh, his own bodyguard, his security, his security, not his bodyguard, uh, was arrested. So he pretended to be RFK Jr.'s security. He was heavily armed, and they don't yet know why he was there. That's right. He actually had a fake badge. But the real police somehow got him and arrested him with, without no struggle. So... Obviously, RFK Jr. is concerned that he, uh, unlike Obama, who had full security, even though he was a minor candidate when he started out, but because of his special situation, which is he was a black man running for president, he got security early. RFK Jr. also asked for special consideration because he's a Kennedy and, you know, he's got some history there, uh, but he was refused. He was refused security. Does it seem that the Democrats want to kill him? It does. Or, or allow him to be killed. So it's probably exactly what it looks like, but I'd wait to hear what the arrested person says. It's entirely possible that the person who got arrested is going to say something like, I was protecting him. Like, I, I thought there was a risk, and I was going to pretend to be a security in case I was needed. He's going to say something like that. What he's not going to say is, I was pretending to be security so I could assassinate him. He's not going to say that. So I'd wait to see what the story says. I mean, it might turn out he's got a history of posting supportive things of RFK Jr. So this this one's a wait and see. But if you think you should be concerned about it, because he could get that far, because there was not a security... Um, yeah, I'd be really concerned about it. If you're not seeing the pattern yet. Well, according to Benny Johnson, um, I'll just read you his tweet because he says it so well on Twitter. Benny Johnson, you should be following him. Uh, When the FBI originally released the FD-1023, that's a form which they'd done some investigations and wrote down some things they found in the investigations. Uh, First, they said that form didn't exist. Uh, Then they said, oh, it does exist. But then they redacted the fact that they have audio recordings of Joe Biden. They redacted that. Uh, We didn't know what was beneath the redactions until Senator Chuck Grassley came forth to reveal that there are 17 audio recordings of Biden bribes. Now, I think it's early to say that they're Biden bribes. So I think that's getting ahead of us. These are claims that people have heard them. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that if I heard them, it would sound like a bribe to my ears. It might more sound like a, you know, the mafia talk. Hey, how's the weather? Oh, the weather in Ukraine is really good. Good, good, good. How's the weather in Washington? 
Good, good, good. Can't Maggie? Yeah. How you doing? You know, and then, then money is exchanged. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it sounds like that if we were to hear it. But the claim is, according to Betty Johnson, the claim is 15 recordings of phone calls with foreign nationals featuring Hunter Biden. Now, that alone, you'd have to hear the details, but just the fact that he talked to foreign nationals would not be illegal. But there are allegedly two recordings of phone calls between foreign nationals and Joe Biden that at least Chuck Grassley thinks are evidence of bribes. Um, I would, that's a wait and see. I would not trust Chuck Grassley to interpret this for you. I think you need to wait and hear these. Um, so uh, where are these recordings and when will they be released, as Benny asks? Where, do you think this is real? Do you think that there are genuinely 17 recordings that are damning? Because they're not saying these are the only recordings of anything that's ever happened. Apparently, these 17 recordings go to something that was close enough to something criminal that it got written up on the write-it-down-if-it-sounds-criminal form. So if you've got a form for writing down stuff that is you know, close enough to being criminal that you need to write it down, and there are only 17 phone calls, presumably there were lots of calls they both made, but there were 17 they thought were targeted uh, specific enough to what they were writing on this form of bad behavior that they had to be called down as special. Well, wouldn't you like to hear those? Yes, you would. I wonder if uh, Grassley's been trying to get them and can't, which would make the most sense. He's trying to get them and can't. Do you think they'll be erased? Oops. Oops, we lost them. Where did you lose them? Oh, they're with Hunter's gun and his diamond and his laptops. We lose a lot of things. Oh, whenever Hunter is involved, we're losing stuff like crazy. We can't find our diamonds or our guns or our laptops or our audio recordings. I think it's going to go that way. Oops, lost. Well, you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, you would say to yourself, Scott, I know you do not want Joe Biden to be, you know, running in this race, because you don't want Joe Biden to be your president. To which I'd say, well, I've softened on that a little bit. Now that, now that Biden is so obviously gone, yeah, we've reached the point where you can't really debate it anymore. Am I right? And for all these fucking assholes who told me that Biden was just fine and there was no reason that he couldn't last four years, do you owe me a fucking apology yet for saying on day one that he was too old and this was too much of a risk for the country? Because I thought he looked like he would be exactly where he is before the election. To me, it looked like all you had to do is straight line his decline and we would be exactly where we are exactly right now. Who besides me, a lot of you said the same thing, right? But who, who besides me needs a fucking apology? I do. I need a fucking apology for anybody who thought that was unreasonable. That was not unreasonable. Yeah. So, uh, I'd like to be right, but here's what I'd like. I'd like Joe Biden to uh, win the nomination, and I would like to spend months and months and months 
watching him decompose in front of the fucking assholes who thought this was a good idea. I want them to watch him turn into moss right in front of us while Trump strolls into the Capitol building, or strolls into the Oval Office with his sword, who will be his vice president, whoever that is, and watch him just decapitate all the motherfuckers who need to go. Decapitate, not physically, because we don't like violence. I'm talking about firing people and cleaning house and stuff like this. And I want the entire Democratic Party for months to know what's coming. I don't want any surprises. I want them to watch their candidate, who they picked, doing exactly what we said he was going to do. Decompose and embarrass the fuck out of the country. I want our country to be so embarrassed by Election Day that you can barely show your eyes. That's what I want. So, yeah, I I always used to think, oh, you know, wouldn't it be good if Biden is not even a choice? But since there's now no chance he can win, am I right? We're we're way beyond the point where he has a chance of winning. (laughs) Unless, Unless they cheat so massively that you can't get away with it. See, I've got a feeling that the real decision is can they cheat enough to push him across the finish line? And I don't think they can. I don't think it would be possible to cheat that much and not get caught. In a a weird pandemic election, where nobody knows what the baseline should look like because the rules change for the pandemic, and then Trump is a rule changer as well, everything's different, you can kind of get away with, you know, if it happened. I'm not saying it did. There's no evidence that the election was rigged that I'm aware of. Um, but if they did, this is all hypothetical, you could maybe get away with some you know, small change in a few precincts. But if you had to do something big, it's the only way you could win. Well, it's, then it's going to be obvious. Going to be obvious. So, yes, I want Joe Biden to run because we are beyond the point where there's any question whatsoever of whether he could win. He can't. It's completely over. There is no way, not a single way, that Joe Biden could win the presidency again. Does anybody disagree with that? It's it's up to zero. It's literally zero. They're going to run a candidate who has zero chance if things go the way they're going. Now, obviously, the Democrats are going to scramble like crazy to try to claw him out of there before the nomination. But at this point, they are running a candidate who actually has no chance of winning. None. He's going, to be, he's going to be hooked up to tubes before Election Day. I mean, he's, he's just completely gone. So I'm, I'm down for the, uh, the show. Let's just have some fun watching uh, Trump, <laughs> Trump do his thing for several months and have our laughs, and, and then he's gone. All right, we, there's a new report uh, that... Uh, that I guess Jill Biden it was a big supporter of Randy Weingarten and the teachers' unions and promised to get her in there the first day that Joe was elected, and she did. And uh, apparently Randy Weingarten's uh, preferences about kids returning to school were the ones that changed the administration's point of view. So she was in charge of whether children got into school because she swayed the government. And now that's being reported. 
I wonder if that would have been reported before the Democrats wanted Biden to be gone. So, yeah, Randy Weingarten seems to be um, behind most of the problems in the country. Most of the problems in the country. Because I think she's the biggest thing behind systemic racism. You know, the school system's too bad, and she's keeping it stable for the benefit of the um, teachers, I guess. So, wow. All right, and uh, the, uh, the piece that talks about her in a way that I would think would not be super flattering is a writer uh, who's got a book out, Franklin Foer, but I guess he writes for The Atlantic. Now, The Atlantic, if you didn't know, is super Democrat. Would a super Democrat, or somebody associated with a super Democrat entity, write a unflattering piece about the power of the teachers' union unless Joe Biden was no longer the favorite president of Democrats? I feel like I feel like every member of the media has some kind of explicit orders that now they can start poking, you know, anything that's Biden related, they can start poking at it. All right. Um, apparently, the uh, TikTok army, you know, the Democrats' TikTok army of influencers that they pay. Uh, Three-quarters of their funding comes from George Soros. Are there any paid um, people on X? Are there influencers who are paid on X, or is it only a TikTok thing? And why wouldn't they do it on the other platforms? So there are paid influencers on X? Do you think there should be a law that if you're a paid influencer, you should have to disclose? Should you have to disclose if you're a paid influencer? I think you should. Every, everything else with um, contributions has to be disclosed, right? That's a standard. And is there any... Are, they, are these disclosed, or is that how we know? Maybe they are disclosed. Maybe that's how we know about them. Is there a list somewhere that lists them so it's all legal? I would define an influencer as someone who is specifically taking money to be an influencer. So there has to have money involved. They deny it, do they? Uh, who has standards? Yeah, the Krasensteins, are they paid at this point? I don't know. Don't know anything about that. But um, here's my question. Why do we call TikTok, this so-called TikTok army of influencers, paid by George Soros, why do we call them influencers instead of traders? Aren't they actually just traders? If you're taking money to influence politics and the reason you're influencing them is because you took money, I would say you're a traitor and it wouldn't matter if you were supporting Trump or somebody else. It doesn't matter who they're, who they're um, influencing. If they're taking money to pretend to have an opinion to influence people, that's not what the United States is. The United States is a, you better show us your work you know, you can say anything you want as long as you say it's a political ad, right? That's the standard. You could have an ad that has a whole bunch of lies in it, but it just has to be labeled a political ad. Who paid for it? So I think that there should be a law that whenever one of these influencers does a, does a reel, that they have to put at the bottom, or maybe the system does, 
that it's a paid political ad. Paid political ad. Yeah. But to me, it's uh, traitorous. It's traitorous to pretend that you have an opinion when you're paid to have the opinion. Because that's, that's, um, that's directly going against the system. That's not just trying to get somebody elected. That's trying to destroy the system. And that's traitorous. So I would call them TikTok traitors, in my opinion. Um, and I'd also like to know which ones they were, so that whenever they TikTok, somebody can go in and call them traitors. I wonder, do people do that already? Or do they block those? Is there a way to block on TikTok? Or does somebody go in the TTTs? TikTok traders? They do? Um, they do have blocking or they do have comments? They do have blocking. Well, there should be somebody labeling them all exactly what they are. Uh, in fentanyl news, which I never believe, I think all news about fentanyl is bullshit, but uh, the son of imprisoned Mexican drug lord El Chapo, who I guess the son is, took over the fentanyl trade, he was extradited to the United States on Friday to face fentanyl trafficking charges. And it's a boost for the Biden administration pushed to curb the spread of deadly opioids. The Biden administration does not want to stop the spread of deadly opioids. Clearly they don't want to do that. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have everybody just streaming over the border if you wanted to stop fentanyl. Although I don't think um, border security is how you stop it. But, you know, it would be one small tool. Um, here's something I forgot. The same guy that's being uh, extradited, the son of El Chapo, he was briefly arrested in northern city, you know, he was briefly arrested in Mexico once before in 2019. But do you know why he was, he was released? Do you know why El Chapo's son, who clearly is running the cartel, do you know why he was released? The president released him to avoid bloodshed because the cartels got violence, violent about it. They let him go because the cartels made them let him go. That's a real thing. The president of the country let the head of the cartel go because the cartel told him to and got really violent. Wow. <laughs> well, that tells you everything you need to know. So I don't think we understand all the details behind how this guy could get picked up. But what changed? You know, wouldn't, wouldn't the cartels now get violent again? So why was he successfully uh, extradited and imprisoned this time? Something changed. So there's something that changed probably had to do something with the cartel leadership. You know, maybe there was a different leader for the cartel who made a different... You know, imagine if you were number two at the cartel and you went to the uh, CIA or whoever you could get to. He said, hey, I'll make you a deal. If you could get rid of number one, I'll be running the cartel, but I won't do fentanyl anymore. I'll do everything I was doing before, but no fentanyl. You just have to get rid of my, my competition. I mean, it feels like there's some kind of deal, doesn't it? Like there's some part of this you don't know about that would really explain, explain what's going on here. The mouse was the most violent. 
Is that what he's called, the mouse? Anyway, Jonathan Turley writes a big thread. Um, you know, if Turley were not working and explaining all the legal stuff, I don't think I would understand any of it. He does by far the best job of breaking down you know, what happened and then why that matters. Just the best communicator. Anyway, he, talks, he tells us that uh, Jack Smith, one of Trump's uh, many prosecutors, <laughs> uh, uh, late on Friday, so you do things late on Friday so the news doesn't pick it up, uh, he filed a sweeping motion to seek a gag order on Trump so that uh, Trump would not talk about either the witnesses or the attorneys in the case. Uh, he said it was narrowly ta- tailored, so it's not that he can't talk in, in general, it's he can't talk about individuals in the case. And that would stop him from talking about the most important part of the election while he's running for election. So it's a gag order that would stop the presumptive next president from free speech on a topic that is central to his campaign. It's unbelievable that this is a real thing that really happened in the United States. So I would suggest the following. Uh, He should, Trump should flagrantly violate this and see what happens. It's easy for me to say, right? Do you think they would jail him? What would they do? Would they put him in jail? And how long would you go to jail? Like a day? What, what, so it would be contempt, right? It would be some kind of contempt thing. But wouldn't they, wouldn't they argue it to the Supreme Court? And they'd say, hey, you know, I get why this exists. I get why there are gag orders. But in the context of running for the United States presidency, and in the context where the thing you have the gag order on is a, probably the central question of the, of the entire race, which is the weaponized government. The weaponized government is the number one issue in the race. In my opinion, in my opinion, it's the number one issue. So, if you were to push on that, and you know they they acted on it, wouldn't it immediately go to the Supreme Court because it's a free speech of a presidential candidate? That it would go straight to the Supreme Court, right? I mean, it has to go through steps, but I, I feel like you wouldn't go to jail for doing it. And then he could become president and pardon himself. <laughs> you know, the moment, the moment that Trump looks like he's going to become president, like when everybody is sure, all, all, all the controls are off. Because <laughs> the moment he's sure he's going to be president, he can just pardon himself for anything he says after that. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it would, be, or it would be a state charge, not a federal charge. I always, get, I always get confused what is a state charge and what is a federal charge on these. All right. Well, anyway, you might see him get a lot more free speech. But I have this following question about exactly what is illegal. So Trump himself would be barred from, uh, you know, crap talking the witnesses and the lawyers. But suppose he told somebody who is his designated crap talker, like I would volunteer, for example. I say, I will be his designated crap talker. And then he could send me a secret message and say, uh, say that uh, Jack Smith has a um, messy beard. 
He has a messy beard. And then I'll, I'll go on and say, you know, I, I don't know what President Trump is thinking, but I think he's thinking that Jack Smith has a messy beard. And if I were him, I would come up with a nickname of Jack Messy Beard Smith. And then everybody would say, wait, that's Trump saying that. And I would say, no, he's not barred from private conversations. Is he? Is he barred from a private conversation? Can he not say to Melania, I don't like that prosecutor? It doesn't work that way, right? It's only his public. It's his public statements. So if he were to privately say to you know, Don Jr., who privately told me, just making something up here, could I not say exactly what Trump would have said, because I would know, and then just say it? And could I not get thousands of other Republicans to say it the same way in their own words? Now, if I quoted him, and, and it was a known relationship, then I would imagine that would violate the gag order because he'd just be using somebody else as a voice. But if he were to simply explain what areas he thought needed criticism and explain it in a way that I could put it into my own words, would that be illegal? Suppose I simply was aware of his thoughts, because he told me. Could I not put in my own words what I thought about somebody's private thoughts? I don't know. Well, hearsay. I don't think hearsay applies. Yeah, Sloppy Smith. Or Snuffy. Snuffy Smith is an old reference. Old comic reference. If you enjoyed prison, you could do it. How would I go to prison for putting my own opinion out there that just happened to match the president's? or the potential future person. Yeah, he's got a scruffy beard. It's a messy beard. There's a lot of soup in that beard, is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> call him Soup Beard. <laughs> you, you would never see him the, the same if you called him Soup Beard. Because <laughs> you would always just imagine there's soup in his beard. <laughs> soup Beard. <laughs> It doesn't roll off the tongue because soup, beard, those words, they don't, they don't sound good together. <laughs> hey, soup, beard. <laughs> Was there kind of soup? Hey, chowder. <laughs> chowder, beard. <laughs> uh, all right. So... Uh, Tesla is winning, and it looks like they're going to win more. So Tesla does not have unionized workers. I think Tesla pays them more than the union pays them. But the unions for the other car makers are asking for fairly uh, substantial raises, which would make it even harder for them to make money compared to Tesla. Meanwhile, I didn't know this until today, but back in March, Musk said he had a plan to reduce the... uh, um, manufacturing cost of a Tesla by 50%. Musk thinks he can reduce the cost of manufacturing a Tesla by 50%, mostly through automation. 
So, you know, he's building robots. So he's a robot maker. Uh, if you're a robot maker, the odds of you doing a good job automating your car manufacturing is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So do you think he could do that? Do you think he could reduce his manufacturing costs by 50%? That would, that would be a hell of an ask. You know, in the past, when he's given objectives of what he plans to accomplish, he's actually exceeded them. Like he's, he's done things earlier than he said he would do them. So I think he can do this, actually. So it does suggest that the other car makers are just absolutely screwed. All right, how many of you saw the viral video of two guys in Vegas murdering a guy on a bicycle for fun? They just run him down for fun. How many of you saw that? So it's on the social media today. And the two guys in the car are chatting away. It looks like, I guess it was a stolen car. They got masks on. And they, you know, they hit a car on the highway, do a hit and run. And then they see a guy on a bicycle up ahead, and they say, should we hit him? And they decide to just hit him, and I think it killed him. And it turns out he was a retired uh, police chief. Retired police chief. Made it all the way through the police chiefing, and then were killed by two criminals while just riding his bike. Now, there may be a racial element to this story, uh, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because every time we fall for the, the racial um, narrative, we get, we get pulled into the wrong place. And I would rather have the narrative that there, there were two individuals who should be dead. And that's the whole story. There's just two people who are just the worst human beings. But as soon as you get it out of the individual range, then you're, you're in their trap. You're falling in their trap. So I'm just not going to talk about things as the average this versus the average that. Because I know what you want to do is you know, put some graphs on social media saying the average of this group is worse than the average of this group. But there aren't any average people. So I don't know these two people, but I know they're not average black people. <laughs> they're, they're very much not average. They're very individual, terrible people who I think should be killed. You know, legally or, or illegally by the family of the people they killed. That would be fine with me, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it, looked, it looked like a hit, except they didn't know who the guy was, I don't think. So I'm not going to treat it like it's a, uh, uh, some kind of a, I don't know, a uh, signal of all things racial. It's a signal that there's two very, very bad people who did a very bad thing. And I hope the worst possible outcome for them. So, uh, yes. So others have asked, "Where's the media outrage?" And the answer is that the person who got hit was a white man. Um, nobody really cares when a white man is murdered, do they? When was the last time have we? Has, has anybody ever cared when a white man got murdered? I can't think of a single time. Can you name any time anybody cared about a white person being murdered? A white man. White women, yes. But white man? Jesus? Well, I'm not sure we're calling Jesus not a person of color. (laughs) I think Jesus might have been 
rounder than you, but I don't know. Uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Oh, JFK. Yeah, JFK. But JFK wasn't killed for you know, racial reasons, obviously. Has there ever been a case where there was an outcry based on racial reasons when a white man was killed? I've never heard of one. Yeah. So let's, let's stop pretending that, pe- that society cares about the death of white men because they very much don't. Lincoln was shot for racial reasons by a Democrat, you're saying. All right, I accept that. Who posted the video? That's a good question. Yeah. Why is it that anybody had access to that video? Because it was just taken on on the perpetrator's own phone, I think. Oh, the guys that Kyle Rittenhouse shot. You're right. Yeah. So as long as the uh, perpetrators were... uh, pedophiles and Democrat criminals, then there is an outcry. That's true. Oh, there's Seth Rich, but that wasn't necessarily uh, racial. You're related to John Wilkes Booth? How about that? All right. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is all we wanted to talk about today. Um, ah, stretch. That feels good. Um, looking at your comments just to see if I missed anything interesting. Please fix the locals.com. What's wrong with it? Locals is working fine at the moment. Uh, uh, uh. Does anybody have any? Uh, oh, I, I, uh, yeah. So let me give you some advice. You want some advice? So there are three things that we hear are good. Uh, Dr. Uh, Andrew Huberman talks about these, at least two of them. So one of them is he says, uh, make sure you stand in the sun before 10 a.m. Getting a little sun before 10 a.m. is good for you. Uh, the other one is breathing. You know, the two inhales to the nose, followed by one exhale. And the third one is grounding. Now, I don't know that he talks about grounding, but, you know, people do. The grounding is the idea if you stand barefoot and outside in the dirt, that, I don't know, there's some kind of thing that happens. What is it that happens when you stand in the dirt or the grass? You get some kind of, uh, not ionization, No. Your electrical system gets grounded or something. Anyway, so here's what I did yesterday. I walked, I walked in my front yard before 10 a.m. I stood on my grass in the sun, and I did my breathing. I did all three at the same time. So you get the sun, the breathing, and the standing in the grass at the same time. It was, it was the best use of time. And I swear that maybe two to three minutes of that, and I was in actually a good mood all day. Now, I'm going to try it again, because I don't know if it was a coincidence, but I was actually in a real good mood all day long with that. 
So do the three things. Yeah, barefoot in the grass. Do the two inhales through your nose, followed by the one long exhale. That's the Huberman method. And he also tells you to get in the sun before 10 a.m. So just do all three. Two minutes of the best um, health adjustment you could ever have. And drink some coffee, yeah. All right. That's all I got for you today. I'm going to go do some other stuff. And thanks for joining YouTube. You've been amazing. See you tomorrow.